1: Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews.
2: Good afternoon and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. Have you ever thought about that choice that is always hanging over every one of us, every minute of every day? That choice between life and death? That's an interesting thought, isn't it? But we all have it. I mean, we think about people that might be suicidal and we say, well, they've chosen to die. But actually, we all have that choice all the time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We can any of us could just say, you know, I'm tired of this. I'm checking out. By now. We could do that. But we don't. Many of us don't even think about it until something really hard comes along, and and then we don't really think we want to commit suicide. We might just think, well, I'm tired of being in this problem. I'm tired of this pain, and I'd like to just, like, go away. Um, And and, uh, so, what is that thing? What is that that keeps us alive? What is that that has kept you alive for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, however long you've been on this planet? What is that? That keeps you pushing. What is it about a heartbeat that keeps its rhythm? What is that? Do we just have another certain number of heartbeats until we just plunk over one day? Or is there something more to the whole thing than the physical the um, and or the psychological? What do we live for? Now, we're not talking about life purpose here, which I think is, in my opinion, one way of staying out of touch with life. What we're talking about is the very nowness of living. What makes us want to get up in the morning? What drives us home at night? What are we doing in the now of living that's all about being fully alive? That's the question for today, not life purpose. And it has everything to do with living authentically. Because here's the thing, we all have that choice. As it says in the old line, the old famous line from Shawshank Redemption, get busy living or get busy dying. And that's really what it's all about. But we don't really think of it consciously most of the time. We don't think, uh, oh, well, you know, I'm either dying or I'm living. And I'm not sure it's that black or white anyway. But uh, we we have an, an option to either really put something into this moment right here, right now, or really just sort of not really be in this moment right here, right now. So there's a word that's used in the, in the mental health world called dissociation. Those of you who are familiar with, with, um, with mental health will understand that word. What it simply means is I dissociate myself from a moment, from a pain, from a, a relationship dynamic, from the present moment I'm in right now. Um, I, I've seen people do this in um, therapy. They'll be talking along about something and they'll hit a pain painful experience and they do one of two things they just sort of fade away into a stare which means that they really have gone away They're, they've left their body in some kind of way or they change the subject they start rattling on about something that's really not that big of a deal somebody's mother-in-law did something to somebody and so what um, and uh, so it really hasn't bears no consequence and very often i'll just give them a time out signal and say wait wait You were on to something a minute ago. Let's go back there. And if they really can't let themselves go back there, then I know that what we're talking about is something more unconscious, an unconscious dissociation rather than a, a sort of decision to talk about something else, which more or less can be unconscious as well. But that idea of dissociation is something we haven't really spent a lot of time exploring in the spiritual world. And we're going to be talking about that a little bit today, along with the idea of really being alive and what the nowness of living authentically really is all about. So we're going to hit on all of those things today, so hang with us. And before you go any further, I want to say next week we're going to be talking to Dr. Clarissa Pincola Estez again. Um, for the fifth time on our show, very excited to have her back. She's going to be talking about her latest book, which is Untie the Strong Woman, Blessed Mother's Immaculate Love for the Wild Soul. So you're not going to want to miss that. I love talking to Dr. Estes because she is so full of wisdom and such a nurturing, wonderful voice to listen to. Yeah, I could listen to her and just kind of... Just like walking into velvet, it's just wonderful. So don't miss next week's show on the 5th of December. Um, Dr. says is coming back for the fifth time on the 5th of December. One of the things she says about why she writes about the wild woman is she says, I've written about the wild woman, the wise woman, the holy woman, for they all share the same heartbeat. The wild, wise, and holy force that stands behind the representations of Holy Mother remains near us to help us on our ways, not into cynicism, which is a form of disappointed idealism, but to palpable goodness, healing, and awareness of all the worlds we're wired to perceive for the sake of evolution in pox and humanitas, or in peace and humanity toward all. So, that's what she has to say about it. Just so far, you want to hear her voice. You want to hear uh, Dr. Estes speak on this subject. So tune in next week for that. So back to today's topic now. Uh, we're talking about what it is to live into the now. And before we do that, I want to talk a little bit about dissociation. There's a hot theory. It's a little less less hot now than it used to be, but it's still out there. The idea of OBE, out-of-body experience, The term has become so um, commonly used now that we see it in comedies on TV or or comedic acts on TV or, um, you know, just in everyday conversation where somebody might say, oh, my God, a car almost hit me. I had an out-of-body experience. (coughs) And what they're really saying is it was so scared I I jumped out of my skin, basically. Um, So we use the term a lot, but uh, five, maybe ten years ago, Lots of books were written about that out-of-body experience and what that means to have an out-of-body experience and, uh, you know, practicing the ability to leave your body and sort of hang around in the ethers. Um, but here's the thing. I think that life here on planet Earth is not about having an out-of-body experience. I think it's about having an in-body experience, an in-body experience in transcendence. Now that sounds like an oxymoron, but I don't think it is. I think what we what we're looking really toward here when we talk about living fully into a moment is how am I here inside my body right now, blessing my body and this moment by really being present with it and embracing it? Um, but dissociation doesn't allow us to do that, and out-of-body experiences are a form of dissociation. So if I've been raped, um, in the past, what may I might remember that it as is an event that happened far away from me. So I've leapt up to the ceiling out of my body and I'm peering down on this event happening in my life as if it's happening to someone else. Sometimes people have taken medication. My mother says she took some medication one time and she was cooking something in the kitchen while watching herself from across the room cooking something in the kitchen. Um, she had an out of body experience. Um, I've heard people say that the dental gas, you, the, the gas that they, they put the little mat, little pig nose on you when you go to the dentist and, and you breathe the gas in and you have an out of body experience and it scares the whatever out of them and they just don't know what to do about that. So they're like, no more gas for me. Um, there's lots of ways that we can have an out-of-body experience, trauma-based, medication. Sometimes we do that in our dreams. Uh, lots of people say we're always out of our bodies in our dreams, but I'm not sure that's really true. Um, and I can talk about that in a minute, but... Um, but I, I do think we can have an out-of-body experience in a dream. Um, one of the dreams that evidences an out-of-body experience is when you ha- you're going along in the dream and you're walking on the earth or you're doing whatever you're in these events that are happening in your dream, and then all of a sudden you just fly up to the ceiling and you're screaming and you're you know you're way up there you're out of your body that's what's happening that you've been so afraid that you just leapt out of your body. There are people on this planet, and in fact, I used to be one of them, who can live out of your body for many, many years, up until I was about 36 years old. I don't really think I was in my body, and I could say more about that. In fact, I'm writing a book about the concept of out-of-body right now, but uh, which is one of the reasons I went ahead to talk about it today, but the, the idea is that we can choose to stay dissociated from this earth. And what made me decide to come back into my body was I didn't like not being able to really feel, be present with what was going on in my life. And I could, began to feel that distinction. So when, when we live out of body, what we're really doing is sort of not really being here. Just, you know, you can live up above your head, maybe up above in the eighth chakra, the ninth chakra somewhere, or maybe not in those chakras, but uh, hanging around them somewhere. We're not really in the body. And I've literally had people tell me that they were in hard labor, for example, and did not know that they were in hard labor because they were so out of body. Um, I've had people experience, you know, terrible wounds, uh, blood and, you know, broken bones sticking out of the body and things like that. And they didn't experience the pain in the same way that somebody who was in body would have experienced it. Um, So, you know, you can look at that and say, well, that's a good thing, right? Well, maybe, maybe not. Maybe not being able to be be present with what's going on when you break a bone is not going to inform you of the things you need to know in order to heal that broken bone or in order to get help for your pain or to say the right thing to the physician who's working on you so they'll know exactly where to go to help you. Um, So, not being in the body is not all that is cracked up to be, that's basically what I want to say, um, It is uh, not necessarily the way we want to live our lives here on Earth. And leaving the body, uh, I think it's, it's an interesting phenomenon, and I think the fact that we have the capacity to do it is, is wonderful. Um, but thinking that that is the way to meditate means that the body is really not so much. And yet here we are in a body. Why are we here in a body if we're not meant to experience life in a body? Um, so so there's a lot of people out there still talking as they did centuries ago about how the body is um, a problem. You know, it's it's basically the thing that gets in the way of our spiritual experiences, that and the ego. And and you know how I feel about ego. If you've been listening to this show for a while, that idea that the ego is this um, thing that keeps us from experiencing spirituality and is wants to get in our way, and the shadow is its is its backside that wants to get in our way as well. Um, I think is a misnomer, not only a misnomer, but a misconceptualization of what we who we are actually as human beings. When we can dissociate, we can also overly associate. When we can leave the body, we can also come. Back into the body in a way that says, I have to grab hold of things. I have to sort of, um, I can't, my, I can't just be in my experience. I have to be in a special mood. I have to be in a special state. I have to be in a special blissful state, for example. So we have some people out there who are meditating for longer and longer and longer periods of time because they just want to bliss out, man. They just want to, but you know, and it's a little bit like an addiction. I'm just all blissed out and that's it. Okay, well, it's, it's not um, harming anyone, that's for sure, but are you really alive? If you're living in your body, not really tuned in to your body, now there is a way to meditate where we tune into our bodies, and that's that's I think a, a better approach where we're staying in the body as we transcend um, uh, our kind of earthly thinking about life. Uh, but 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 the notion that dissociation um, is helpful is is true. It's helpful when we haven't yet learned how to be conscious. Um, for example, I would say that dissociating for 35 years is better than dying. Something in, in me wanted me to stay alive, and so it said, okay, well, you need to dissociate until you can land here. <laughs> and so that's what I did. I dissociated until I landed here. And that, that experience has, is so informative to me about the difference between really living and really not living. So that's what we're talking about. Now let's talk just a little bit about purpose before we go to break. The uh, The idea is that purpose, a purpose, there's a book out there called The Purpose Driven Life. There's lots of books on finding your life's purpose and all kinds of things like that. And what we're saying when we say that is if we can find our life purpose, then we will have a reason to live. And I think that's so... Um, it so diminishes life to think in those terms that I've got to find my life purpose before I can really believe that I'm here and really participate in my life. Um, so people, we have people asking, you know, every time they go to see a, a reader or a therapist or a whatever, or guru, or whatever, they're looking for their life purpose. And they've got to find that life purpose and they haven't really found it yet. and uh, And they're disappointed that they haven't, Had some bolt of lightning come down and say, here is your life purpose. Go and do this. Um, They just haven't, they don't know what that means. So um, there's this feeling of sort of wandering, meandering through life. That's a form of dissociation as well, where you're just kind of saying, until I can get to a place where I know for sure why it is that I'm here, I'm not really going to be here, okay? Okay. What if why we're here is to be here? What if that's the only reason we're here? What if we're only here to be here and to experience this realm of existence fully, asking all the questions, experimenting with all the realities, looking into all the possibilities and and coming to new, greater and greater levels of awareness each incarnation? What if that's what we're here to do? Well, if we are... Then we miss the point when we're sitting around waiting to figure out what our purpose is. I I used to work with students a lot, and college students, and one of the things that I heard again and again and again was, I don't know what my major is going to be. And I just, you know, until I know what my major is going to be, I just can't really feel like I've got a purpose. Well, you know, what if you don't need a purpose? What if you don't even need a major? What if you can really live alive right now to the bone in this moment and as you're living, then uh, you will discover what your next step should be. Um, it's hard to hear, though, because we live in a Western culture where we're goal-driven. Where You know, you got this goal. What are you going to be in five years? What are you going to do in ten years? That's one of those questions you hear in interviews a lot. Well, what are you? What would you like to be doing in five years? Well, I'd like to be living, breathing in and out, really enjoying that moment five years from now. But, heck, if I know what five years from now is going to look like, I only... You know, need to stay right here in this moment to see what this moment looks like. Um, Now, here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that we should never plan. I don't have any shoulds here. And that's the first thing I get from people when we talk about living in the now. What a lot of people hear is, oh, everything should just be spontaneous and you should never have any plans and live on serendipity and synchronicity and that's it. That's all there is. That's not what I'm saying. I do believe in serendipity and synchronicity, and I think they are important. I don't think they're the end-all and be-all, but I do think they're important. And I think that that um, synchronicity is a, a sort of light along the way that says, oh, well, try this out now. Uh, but um, but by, But I don't think living in the now means, oh, just be spontaneous and don't ever make a plan. Sometimes being in the now means making a plan in the now for what might happen tomorrow. Um, and so we can do that. We can continue to, to, to be present with that plan, and that's a, that is our joy, and it becomes a passion, and we get really involved in it, and we just keep facilitating it until finally one day it comes to fruition, and we've made a plan, and we've fulfilled it. Nothing wrong with that at all, okay? So I want to be real clear about that. But we're going to take a break now, and we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about this whole idea of the difference between life purpose and the nowness of living. Stay tuned for that. We'll be back in just a minute. The
0: Voice America 7th Wave Channel
1: Many of us make choices in our lives based on how others react. But what should really matter is making our life choices based on what we intuitively feel. By tuning in to The Mystic and the Mystery with Inspired Intuition hosts Beth Parojik and Christine McIver, you'll receive the tools and inspiration you need to do just that. Your fears do not have to drive you, and you are naturally intuitive, creative, and whole. By believing in yourself, you can live the life you've been longing for. Listen for The Mystic and the Mystery every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Do you ever ask yourself, Why am I here? What is my purpose in life? What do I do next? Life energies are based on the chakras, and this is the foundation of holistic healing. Find the balance in your life by tuning in to Healing Possibilities with your host, Tracy Makarenko. Through engaging guests and Tracy's spiritual guidance, each week we'll explore a different modality of healing designed to help you find peace and wholeness. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel.
0: The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change.
2: And we're back talking today about what we live for, what are we here for, and making the distinction that it's not about purpose, it's not about goals, it's not about where you're going to be in five years, it's not about all of those things that we'd learn in the Western culture that we should be thinking, we should have discovered a master's uh, level uh, not a master's level, a major in college by the time we're 19. We should have graduated from college at a certain age and gotten married at a certain age, and we should have had children by a certain age, and we should be planning for our retirement by the age of 29. And we should have all these shoulds, because if we don't, then we're not really managing our lives very well. And that's how we've decided it ought to be. And um, not only that, but we have the the problem of dissociation, which we've been talking a little bit about and of of trying to sort of live not really in the body, not really present with the now, um, really not engaging the now to be a part of the essence of who we are. So here's the thing. We've got two things. We've got who we are, and then we've got our lives. Those are two things. They're not separate things, but they are two things. They're not one thing. We are not our life, and our life is not us. I am not radio host. I am Andrea, who happens to be hosting a radio show. Um, And in the same way, I am not my life, nor is my life me. Uh, And that distinction, that real understanding, if we could ever really grasp that, is uh, so informative about what's really going on. I am the person who is living. I am the person breathing in and out. I am thereby then choosing what I will do with who I am. And so life becomes what I do, not who I am. Um, now, who I am is what I use to facilitate my life if I'm going to live authentically. But if I'm in a survival mode, which most of us are, at least some point in our lives, we're in a survival mode that says, I've got to do X, Y, and Z in order to survive. Um, the inanagram is one of the things that sort of tests out where, how people think they have to survive. I, I must be perfect in order to survive. I must control other people in order to survive. I must, be serving other people in order to survive. Those are some of the mantras that people understand to be a part of the ananogram. So if you're interested in that, you could go online, take the test, and see what your number is in an anagram. What that does, though, is facilitate an understanding of how it is you think you're going to survive. It does not tell you who you actually are. Um, so um, when we uh, talk about finding out who we are. We're not talking about getting a life purpose and driving ourselves along that line. That is what so many of us think about. When we think of living authentically, we think, well, I've just got to find that life purpose that makes me happy and then I'll I'll be living authentically. That's not it we have to find out, we have to become aware of the fullness of ourselves. By the fullness of ourselves, I don't mean a separate, distinct self from the other self that's not so good. Okay. <laughs> so when we talk about higher self, lower self, ego, and shadow, we tend to think in terms of divisions because that's how we tend to think about just about everything on this planet because we live in a dualistic world. But um, from the perspective of... of Uh, not dissociating anything that becomes distance, uh, and different is a kind of form of dissociation. So, here's the thing if I believe that I'm going to put myself in a state by meditating, then I'm dissociating. (laughs) Okay? Now, I'm not using that in any mental health, you know, diagnostic capacity. I'm using the term very loosely to say, Uh, that if I say to myself, unless I've had a real peaceful experience in my meditation today, I haven't really meditated. Then I'm defining my, and defining meditation by the experience it gives me rather than defining meditation as an opportunity to just sit with myself. These are the kinds of discoveries that the, the Buddha made when he uh, um, talked about the self and the not and the no-self. Um, these are the kind of discoveries that we read about in the sutras. These are the kind of discoveries that we understand when we get into Zen Buddhism and start reading some of the cones that seem to be so mysterious and almost ridiculous because we can't wrap our heads around them because we don't understand what it is to be both self and no-self simultaneously. Um, but to, to be no, um, self and no-self, in my view, not, and you'll hear other different opinions on this, but to be no, self and no-self simultaneously is to be present with who we are while not attaching ourselves to any form of an identity. Um, and uh, the Buddha said that suffering is a result of attachment. But from the get-go, we've attached ourselves first and foremost to an identity. An identity is, this is who I say I am based on what I, how I view myself. It isn't always based in behavior, although it could be. Um, but I may think that I behave a certain way and really tell myself and other people that I behave that way, but they may see me behaving entirely different than what I'm telling myself and them that I, in terms of how I'm behaving. So I may see myself as a very loving and warm person with a non-critical attitude and open mind and, and, and somebody who is very approachable and all that. And yet other people may see me as grumbling and grouchy and, a, a you know, a curmudgeon. So what am I putting out there? What am I saying? What am I doing that I'm unconscious of? So my identity tells me I'm one thing, but my actions tell me something else. What's going on there? A form of dissociation. I'm dissociating from who I am so much that both my actions and my identity are false. My actions are coming from some unconscious part of me. My identity is coming from what I think is conscious but is really uh, really kind of unconscious because it doesn't notice the other things that are going on in my life. Um, so you, I guess what I'm trying to say here is there's lots of ways of not really being present with who we are and where we are. Um, but we are here. We are here on planet Earth. And throughout the centuries, as I started to say a little while ago, we have uh, attached ourselves and our beliefs to an idea that the body is the problem. The body is um, the creator of our sin. It dies. It gets sick. It gets tired. It gets old. It gets, you know does all these weird things we don't want it to do. What we want to do is live eternally in bliss forever and ever. Amen. And, you know, if we can go, if we can be in the moment, we are living in bliss in that moment and for all eternity because all eternity is that moment. But uh, we have to stretch our minds to get to that kind of thinking because that's not our classic way of thinking. Um, and and But if we can really be present in a moment, what begins to happen is we begin to open up to all that experience. So many times when we're goal-driven and purpose-driven, we're missing out on the experience of now for trying to get somewhere else. And, uh, you know, the, the truth is happiness is not about trying to get somewhere It's or racing through a moment to accomplish some goal, a daily goal, a weekly goal, or whatever. That's not what it's really all about. What it's really all about is really being alive in a moment. And when we get to the next break time, after the next break time, we're going to talk a lot about what that means to be alive in a moment. Right now, what I want to, I want to talk about is what it is to not be alive in a moment. What it is to not be alive in a moment is to, um, to look around and feel empty. Um, to look around and uh, say, this, is, this moment that I have here, it's not good enough. It's not measuring up to my standard for a moment. So I reject this moment, and I'm looking for something better. So many of us do that constantly. I myself have caught myself doing it, and uh, pr- probably did it a lo- lot even before I became conscious that I was doing it. Um, we, to live in a moment, to, to, to not live in a moment means I'm, this moment isn't good enough. So I've got an idea about what good enough actually is, and this isn't it. And so I'm looking for the next moment to come along and give me what it is that I'm looking for. That's part of the reason why I wrote the book, The Law of Attraction, The Soul's Answer to Why It Isn't Working and How It Can, because um, the law of attraction, as we previously learned about it, was teaching that we could take this moment today and, and use it, to affirm of what we were going to have tomorrow. That's one of the many things that that law, uh, as we were taught it originally in the books The Secret and a lot of Esther and Jerry Hicks books, what we were taught was that if I can really train my brain, train my thinking capacity to, to think in terms of having what it is that I want, then I will get it. And, um, That training of the brain means I'm missing this moment here to train my brain so that I can have tomorrow. And tomorrow is going to be better than today. And what I say is that this moment right here, right now, is filled to overflowing with amazing joy. But because we don't know how to live into it, we miss it. We're going to talk some more about that amazing joy after the next break, so you want to stay tuned for that. But again, right now, the, the idea is that trying to, to um, plan, create, affirm, um, piece together, make a vision board, all of those things are, are ways of saying, this moment right here is not good enough. I'm looking for something better, and when I find the something better, then I'll be a better person. And I will have proven to myself that I'm a better person because I have found that something better. And that's another association and attachment we make that if I can get, if I can accomplish my, my life goals, that must mean that the gods are beside me and they are on my side and that must mean I'm a good person. So we're measuring our worth by whether or not we attain some goal out there in the future. So again, we're dissociating from who we are as divine beings by trying to measure our worth. In terms of its attachment to some goal in the future, um, and that that completely uh, diminishes today. It diminishes who we are. It diminishes this moment and our atta- and our realization of it. Okay, so so in terms of being able to really notice uh, uh, a life, it means really being in the experience, and uh, to not be in the experience is to say. This experience isn't good enough. Um, to avoid the experience by trying to talk ourselves out of it, to avoid the experience by saying we shouldn't have these particular feelings. Anger is one of those we do that quite often with. I, I shouldn't be angry, so I just won't. I just won't feel that. And in the process of not feeling it, what happens is we dissociate from the experience of that feeling. And in the process, we lose touch with the message that that feeling came to give us. Um, Not only that, but we miss the experience itself. And the experience itself is a part of of what we're here to do. Um, So I often use the metaphor of a tree for two reasons. One, the tree is rooted underground where we can't see its roots. And that makes it a great metaphor because um, the thing it, the thing that we can't see is the life force behind what happens every day in terms of our growing up to be the tree. Um, the, the, it also is true that the roots of the tree have never been wounded. Um, they have never been wounded. Let me say that one more time. They have never been wounded. The roots of the tree have never been wounded. That means there 's a part in this, in this metaphorical rendition. there is a part of us that has never been wounded um, but we don't we don 't recognize that part because we 're caught up in the wound we 're caught up in attaching ourselves to what that wound means about us how we interpret life according to what that wound says about us. So if, if I was abused as a child, maybe that means I'm damaged goods. So nobody who wants to be in a relationship with somebody who was abused as a child. Well, <laughs> I probably would say that about 80% of us are in relationship with somebody who's abused as a child, so we probably can't get too far away from that. But uh, the, the reality is that when we're saying... Um, I'm measuring myself in some kind of way. We've already dissociated from the moment. So that self-measurement, which is perpetual in our lives, we measure ourselves by how well we please other people, by whether or not they smile at us, uh, when we're in love with somebody who doesn't love us back, we're measuring ourselves and saying, what did I do wrong? How come they don't like me? It, and then we make it about ourselves when it really has nothing to do with us. It's just where that other person is and what they, what, how they feel attracted or not. Uh, so we attach ourselves to these definitions of self that mean that we're not really present with the moment. Oh, you rejected me. That means there's something bad about me. Instead of saying, Okay, you rejected me. You said, no, you don't want to be my partner, my girlfriend, my boyfriend, my whatever. And so, okay, let me be with that experience and really be present with that experience. Now, I can hear everybody out there going, wait just a minute. Why would anyone want to be present with that experience? Who wants to be present with pain? Well, the very idea that we think in those terms says how divided we are. Who would want to be present with pain? Somebody who knows what pain really is. Pain is a message. Not only is it a message, and that is a very intellectual term. I like to think of the message as much more alchemical. Um, it's not. Um, it's almost like at the biologic level, like a, a neurotransmitter, is a me- brings messages to the body instantly, and we don't even think about it. That's the way this message can be. The only thing is, we do have to be conscious of this. We do need to become aware, be present with, understand, be alive to our own pain. And when we do, what begins to evolve is a sense of ourselves as um, uh, free, free to choose whether we will be present with a pain and really be in its essence, kind of like a root, of, a root little tendril of a tree will say, Well, I'm, you know, I'm personalizing it, but say, Well, there's a rock there, but I'm going to go under that rock and see what that feels like. That is what it is to be alive in a moment, to say, Yeah, let me be present with this and let me see what's in it. So we're going to be spending some time over this next, after this next break, really talking about what it means when people talk about what living in the now, the nowness, you know, uh, living in the forever now, all those terms. What in the world does that mean in terms of its really routine daily experience? What does it mean? So we're going to talk about that and make it a real practical experience. Back in just a few minutes. Music.
0: is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel.
1: How can changing the patterns of energy help in your healing process? Listen every week for Intent Healing, Change Your Energy, Transform Your Life with your host, Dr. Raji. Just by tuning in, you could be empowered to heal yourself and live the best life possible. Just by accessing and changing energy patterns through Intent Healing, you'll feel more relief, less pain, and a renewed sense of being. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Anyone can do this. Why not you? Every moment that we live provides us with numerous opportunities to grow more deeply spiritually through our active engagement in positive, concrete ways that can uplift, encourage, and help ourselves and each other. Become a part of Our Sacred Journey with your host, Audrey Katagawa our program will include guests who will share their experiences with you to inspire you to help create a peaceful cooperative present and future and to explore your creativity and the valuable contributions which you can make our sacred journey airs live mondays at 6 p.m eastern 3 p.m pacific on seventh wave
0: step into the doorway to conscious choice greater health and well-being attain the balance that you've been seeking Visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel.
2: And the Authentic Living Show is sponsored by the Institute of Noetic Sciences, dedicated to expanding science beyond conventional paradigms. Founded by Apollo 14 astronaut Edgar Mitchell, Ions is a nonprofit research, education, and membership organization whose mission is supporting individual and collective transformation through consciousness research, educational outreach, and engaging in a global learning community in the realization of human potential. You can join that learning community at www.noetic.org. And so today, what we've been talking about is, what are we here for? What, what, Why are you alive? Why haven't you died yet? <laughs> Let's just put that in it like it is. Why, why didn't you die already? Well, something in you wanted to live, or you wouldn't be here. Now, am I saying that every time somebody dies, that something in them chooses to die? Well, actually, yes, I think I am saying that. Um, I think somewhere inside, we get ready, and we go. Uh, you see, so we see that all the time from people who, uh, grow old and sort of slowly decide that, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to go now. And they go, they go, you know, and sometimes they need permission from somebody to, uh, to really let go and go, go head on, make that transition from, from body to the ether world. Uh, but, uh, is so, so what we tend to think is that we're, Well, life just happens to us. You know, we get born, we live, we die, you know, as if we don't have any say-so about it. And so many of us live just exactly that way. What we don't know is under the surface of all of that, something is choosing in much the same way that the roots of a tree are choosing for that tree to live. We have something deep down inside of us that is choosing to live. And guess what? That's why you're alive. That's why you're alive. You're not alive because you're a good person or a bad person and, and figured out how to outsmooze everybody else. You're not alive because you have a good purpose and, and, and the gods are with you. You're not alive because of your achievements. You're not alive because of your life purpose. You're not alive because you have a mission. You're not alive for any of those reasons. Sorry about that. You're alive because your roots want you to be alive. Period. That's it. And so living is not for some kind of purpose. Living is for living. So when we, the minute we get into purpose, uh, we've, we've left life and tried to decide how it's supposed to be and how we measure ourselves accordingly. The minute we're into measuring ourselves, we've lost touch with life. So that's where we've gotten to so far in our discussion. What I want to talk about now instead I would talk about is what does it mean to really live alive, fully, in a moment. What does it mean to embrace a moment? What does it mean to live in the now? What do these people mean when they're talking about that? Well, we've already said what it doesn't mean, so let's say what it does mean. Does it mean that you'll have constant bliss? No, that's not what it means. Sorry about that. Does it mean that you can really... Uh, experience a moment in full of with all of its treasures? Absolutely, yes. That's what it means. And so there may be a time when what, what needs to be experienced because it's up to be experienced uh, is pain. There it is. I I went through some serious pain about two weeks ago when I had an emergency dental episode. I had an abscess in my tooth and it was up in my uh, face bone. It hurt. I'm telling you, that hurt. <laughs> I don't think I've had pain like that in my whole life. Even labor pain didn't hurt that bad. So, uh, you yeah, know, I'm sure others have had similar experiences out there. But to be present with that pain does not mean that you just, uh, that you... Uh, accelerate the pain you don't make it grow that's what we're afraid of when we oh i'm going to be present with the pain that means that's going to really grow and take over my life and that is going to be a pain so we don't want to do that but really it doesn't mean that anything's going to happen to the pain it only means that we are there for it that we are present for it Now, we have a choice. We can sort of have an out-of-body experience when we have pain and dissociate from it and just sort of say, well, I'm not really going to be here for that. And there's lots of ways of doing that. One of the ways is to uh, to stay perpetually uh, on drugs. And I'm not saying that there are not people out there who don't need to take pain medication. There are people who do need to take pain medication. So that's not what I'm saying. I'll be clear. But I do think that the, that using drugs on a perpetual perpetual basis, either prescription drugs or um, illicit drugs to stay dissociated is definitely one of the reasons why people use drugs, especially when they're addicted to them, because it's a way of staying dissociated from life, staying dissociated particularly from pain. What can pain bring? It can bring awareness. It can bring consciousness. It can bring body awareness in a way that um, avoiding the pain cannot and body awareness is extremely important if we're going to be living here on this planet because body awareness becomes observation and without the keen observation to my body, the senses of my body uh, the body that is constantly healing itself and regenerating itself and 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 um, really taking really good care of the part of me that isn't body that that body is my dearest friend. Unfortunately, uh, as Dr. Clarissa Pincola Estes, who is going to be our guest again next week, uh, one of the things she says is sometimes we treat our body like an old donkey we're riding and whipping. And that you know that's a way of saying we're, we're not really being present with the body. We're, we're using it as an instrument to get something that the mind thinks it wants. Um, and, and in that process, we're not present. We're not really being here. So here's the deal. Being here um, means that in this moment, I can look around. I can use my eyes. I can use my ears. I can use my, my, my kinesthetic and my energy to touch, to feel, to sense what's going on in my gut, to sense what's going on in my feet, to sense me. I can sense my surroundings. I can feel the wind of a, of a fan blowing on me. I can look out the window and see the sunlight and the trees and the, and the sky. I can really tune in and take this moment in, receive it as the gift it is. See, here's the thing. I believe that all of life, all of real living, has to do only with this one thing: reception. Yes, that's right. Receiving, not giving. Receiving, we tend to think in terms of just the opposite. If I'm giving, that I'm a good person. If I'm giving, that I'm fulfilling my mission. If I'm kind and giving, and you know, helpful and all that to other people, then I'm a good person. I'm, I've measured myself. I've got this standard. There it is. But actually, if we're measuring ourselves, we're not living. We're not in the moment. We're busy measuring ourselves. Um, but if I say I can be present with my yeses and my noes. If I say um, that I'm going to receive what is here for me to receive, then I have accepted life on life's terms. I have received the gift that is being given to me in this moment in its full abundance. That is what is meant by living an abundant life. Now, could it be possible that somebody's going to knock on my door in the next five minutes and tell me I've won the lottery? Yeah, that's fine. You know, I've got some lottery tickets. I've got some online stuff going on with that. Fine. That's great. But, you know, in order for me to really receive it, I have to really receive it. So, regardless of what is given to me, unless I really receive it, then it isn't really mine. So in order for my life to really belong to me, I've got to really receive it. I've got to really be present with it enough to even know what it is that I'm receiving. That's what it means to be alive. Everything is already given to us. My heart beats because the roots of me cause it to beat. That's a gift, and it's given to me. I breathe in and out because I've got the gift of breathing in and out that came to me from the roots of my tree. Now, are the roots of my tree God? Well, to some people, they are. To some people, it's not God. It's self or no self. To some people, it's a a sense of the authentic person we are. You know, there's lots of ways of looking at that, and it doesn't matter how we look at it or how we name it because it's still the same energy, and we can't change it by giving it a name. only thing we change by giving it a name is our way of looking looking at it, thinking about it. So... So when we're talking about living alive to the moment, we're talking about experiencing everything that is possible to experience in that moment. It means to look at colors, shapes, designs, chairs, lamps, trees, sky, uh, people, look into deeply into people's eyes, not threatening them with some kind of stare, but really just look into their eyes, look behind their eyes. What are they saying? When they're talking to you, listen clearly to the tone of their voice when they're talking and hear what it is that's in that voice, not just with inflection, but in the tone itself. Watch their hands move and really receive that movement as a part of their dynamic with you, the dance they're in with you as as you engage with them. Um, really, receive your own body movements as you're sitting and talking to someone. Are your feet going back and forth, kind of rubbing against each other? Are you picking at your finger? Are you sitting back and then sitting forward? What's really going on with you in a moment? One of the best things that I've gotten out of being a therapist over the years, just for me personally, is that I get to I get to sit with somebody and really be present with them while simultaneously being present with myself. That is not something we understand in terms of our everyday routine. We can do two things at once. (laughs) We can be present with everything that's going on inside of ourselves while being present with everything that another person is giving us. We can receive all that they have to give us and still be present with, with ourselves. So I might really be Noticing some stuff move around in me as somebody else is talking to me, while I'm noticing that their tone of voice has shifted, or their movement shifted just a bit, or I saw something flash through their eyes that that said that they didn't like something I said, or that they are questioning something. That you know, do you see what I'm saying here? What we're so, I'm saying is, it is possible to be in this body fully alive in this body. And not compromise our spirit. That's what we tend to think. If I'm in the body, I'm compromising the spirit. If I'm in the spirit, I'm compromising the body. We think in dualistic terms. It is possible for me to be fully engaged in my body and still fully engaged in my spirit at the same time. That is living in the now. And living in the now is the full experience of life in all of its glory. The glory of pain, the glory of joy, intense, amazing joy. And we have a whole lot more of that when we live in the now. Not because we're trying to get it, but because it's there to receive. Because we're just, because just being here in the moment allows us to feel joy. And one of the most phenomenal things I've noticed is that even when I have pain, physical, mental, emotional, whatever pain that I might be having, if I can be present with it, there is joy right alongside the pain. It's the most amazing thing ever. There is joy right alongside the pain that that I can really fully experience and be present with both simultaneously. That's what it means to be alive. That's what it means to live in a moment. So I wanted to clearly define what, what it means to not be in a moment and to be in a moment. And that's what we've done today. I, I hope this is uh, given uh, a generous portion of understanding about this topic, but I can't do the work. I can only give you what I see of it. So I wish you much love and warmth in in trying to open yourself to the possibility of really living alive in a moment. And remember, next week we're going to be talking to Dr. Clarissa Pinkola Estes again for the fifth time. She is the author of uh, some of the world's most uh, best-selling books. Her book was on the bestseller list for a long, long time. Dances with Wolves. We're talking this time about Untie the Strong Woman, Blessed Mother's Immaculate Love for the Wild Soul. So we're going to be talking about that next week, and I really look forward to hearing her velvet voice, sort of mother me as I as I listen to her uh, talk to you. So stay tuned for that. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. <music>